Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Happy 20-fucking-21. How long have we been waiting to say that? Well, we know, basically, since the second week of March. Um, Happy New Year, you guys. I typically would have taken off. I typically take off the week between Christmas and New Year's. Well, I still did, hopefully. I'm recording this early, but I better fucking take it off. I'm going to be pissed at myself if I didn't. And I typically would have been on holiday break still for today's episode. However, I am excited because today's episode is talking about how you don't need a new year, new you, and how I absolutely hate that mentality. And these two wonderful ladies, Aileen and Sammy, come on because they share that mentality. And we also talk about our personal growth around specifically New Year's and New Year's resolution over the years and how we've really shifted our mindset and sharing all of that with you. If you guys don't know Sammy and Aileen, they are some badass betches. See what I did there? No, but really, they are the co-founders of Betches along with a third co-founder, Jordana. They were all college roommates at Cornell and they started a blog in 2011, giving women a platform to talk about things that they loved and hated. And the brand has absolutely expanded since then. It is now a mega media company and generally women's focused content covering health, fitness, politics, entertainment, beyond literally everything. I am so fucking amazed by the business that they have built. They have many of different Instagrams, many of different podcasts. It's truly remarkable, especially for something to have created at such a young age. That's right, Sammy and Aileen, I'm calling you young. You're welcome. No, you are. The two of them are the co-hosts of the Diet Starts Tomorrow podcast, which I have been a listener of for a while, and I was also fortunate enough to have guest guested, been a guest on. It's a great show. I love this episode so much because we dive into not only how they founded and created Betches, but really our mental mind shift over the years when it comes to food, our relationship with our body, our relationship with food, just overall wellness, everything. I love this episode so much. I really think it's like a peek behind the curtain of just three women having a very candid conversation as friends. They're an awesome, awesome follow, a great addition, not addition because they were here before me, but great people in this wellness space. Please be sure to check them out. Obviously, listen to this episode do all the great things, rate, review, subscribe, all that shit, and share a screenshot on your story so that Sammy, Aileen, and I can hear what your guys' thoughts are on the episode. Without further ado, let's dive in. Guys, I'm so pumped to have you. I wish I had been recording when we were first talking because we just went 
off on all of the celebrities that we want on our shows and some famous people that you guys are having on Diet Starts Tomorrow that I'm not fucking over. So welcome, Sammy and Eileen. I'm so excited. Aileen, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm going to fuck this up Just the entire like a- time. A-A-Y. A- Say like, pretend, thinks it's a okay. I literally typed it A-Lean. out. A-Y. Aileen. Okay. okay. I love you. I'm sorry. I hate names. Um, anyway, I'm so excited to have you guys. I'm going to leave that in because whatever. Co-founders of Betches and the hosts of Diet Starts Tomorrow. Welcome. Thank hey, you for having us. Thanks. You guys are one of the rare, like two people I've had on the show. Wow. It's like a... Like I usually just have like one a triangle. <laughs> we're a Already duo. <laughs> yeah. And we're both wearing our tie-dye, okay, we'll, actually. Uh, yeah. we're Shop like Betches. We're representing. Yeah. Shit, I should have worn some tie-dye. I'm usually always in it. I know. Um, I follow your, your outfits. We obviously... <laughs> We obviously will dive into everything, but before we start, can you guys drop the famous person that we were just discussing, who's now going to be well, on she, Dinosaur tomorrow? She, and I'm she so would have held. She she been. has been like so two weeks ago from when this is yes. coming is out. Um, we had Mindy yes. Kaling on our podcast, which was monumental. Um, we are huge fans. I'm personally obsessed with her. Um, we were saying earlier, which I think we can repeat that. Like if you looked at, she doesn't follow me, which she follows you. And like, I didn't believe you. Um, <laughs> Aileen didn't believe me. She literally just had to check on her phone. And I was like, no, I swear I, she I didn't follows believe- me. She's like, is it the real Mindy I thought Kaling? like maybe like you were confused. <laughs> and it was Mindy. like Mindy with two wide. It was like some like fake. Mindy Kaling. Like someone's catfishing you. Um, but yeah, so we had, but yeah, so I was, I wish she followed me, but I, if you look at my DMs with her, it's both, it's just me <laughs> being like, Hey, tag, tag, tag. Hey, would you ever want to come on our podcast? Hey again. <laughs> Dude, it's okay. Do you know how hard I've tried to pitch Jack Shepard? I went so far as to ask the Freckle Foodie family to submit reasons in Google spreadsheet of why he should come on my show. And like, I think 270 people like put in their submissions or whatever. And I've gotten a response from his like side host, Monica, originally a long time ago. So I just emailed her again. I was like, listen, if I can't convince you, let the people speak. And I sent them the shared Google like spreadsheet. I was like, I hope that's creative. I love that. Yeah. I haven't gotten an answer. We got something like that. If we were Jack Shepard. I'd be like, yeah, you know what? That's kind of what I thought. Why not? Also, because it's also like, it's not a waste of his time because these are like real fans like that he can convert to like super, right. super fans, like even more. Totally. So The submissions were hilarious. One of them was like, I will send you nudes. So I was like, okay, okay. okay, thank you so much for the effort. But some of them were really great. So we'll see, you know, she maybe subscribed it'll happen. you to the newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, okay, guys. Well, before... Well, yeah, we're kicking it off, whatever. I always like to start off the show with, with how would you define success? And one of you, I don't okay, know who wants to, to go first? Aileen, do you want to go first or could sure. I go first? Or Okay, you go first. Um, okay, for me, my, my definition of success definitely has changed over time. Like back in the day, I would say it's like strictly financial success. There is no option. Yes. Um, I think as I've gotten older, I've hit the 3-0. Well, now I'm 31, but like I forgot about that. <laughs> This year doesn't count. Um, I think it's age is yeah, just a number. I think like it's a hundred percent about balance, but I don't think I th- I think that it's balance like with ambition. So it's not it's not mm-hmm. necessarily so I still want financial success, but not at the sort of at the detriment of my personal life or my relationships right. or anything like that. So 
that's, that's my definition of success. So if I feel like I have a balanced life, but also I'm still striving for more in all aspects, mm-hmm. like I'm still working on my relationships and I have, I'm still working on having a happy family, you know, like those things while also still trying to kill it at work. That to me is right. That's my successful. Death. Totally. <laughs> Initiative. I agree. <laughs> Deb. <laughs> Sammy. So, okay. Like Aileen, my definition of success has also changed. Like I also used to feel just like, oh, I have to be just like so like wealthy and successful. <laughs> I also, Monet. Yeah. I also mm-hmm. like one yeah. most likely to succeed in, in my high school yearbook. So at that time, Get a queen. what I thought was like, that's like, oh, I'm going to be like, you know, the head of, I've made I'm going to be like a high powered lawyer. Like that was actually like what I envisioned. Um, the lady time, from undoing. The, yeah. The, the, oh, the lawyer, yes, yeah, yeah. the good, really good lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. So right. Like I was watching Legally Bonds and I was like, I could be Elle Woods basically. So that was at that <laughs> time. Um, but I also, but yeah, I think that it has really changed for me. And I think, so in terms of like the finances and like the, the material piece, like I feel like having one's needs met. And I don't mean like base, like, obviously I don't mean like my basic needs met. Like I, like I live very much above basic needs, but I feel like having one's needs met, like to the standard that you feel okay with, like at the time that you feel okay with it. So like where I am now, like I feel Mm -hmm. really good about, but like when I'm 30, I can't believe I said when I'm 30, when I'm 60, when I'm like 60, I want to have like a different standard of living that will then right, of course. We'll all calibrate against. But that's just sort of like the basic. But then the what I think actually like defines whether or not this is just like material success is whether or not like I feel fulfilled from what I'm doing. So like I will say like right now mm-hmm. I feel very fulfilled at what we do. Um like extremely. I feel like super lucky and like like I Ha- like I have a job that fits with my skills and my um and totally. my purpose and like what I want to accomplish and like what and it gives me an opportunity to sort of like put into the world something that I feel is like authentically me and and um can hopefully like help or inspire or make people laugh or just mm-hmm. entertain or inform and just j- basically provide value to people. So I feel like you know. I think the fulfillment piece and feeling like you're well matched to what you're doing and that you're actually like producing something other than just like in taking a salary every day. I feel like that is kind of like very much a big piece of it for me. Totally. And I think, you know, it's easy. I totally, it was the same as both of you growing up. I come from a privileged household. And for me, it was like, well, I've been raised this way. I can't not live this. It was like almost setting myself up to fail these like crazy expectations. And so money was so deeply tied into success for me. And then I went to work on Wall Street, which like just really fueled that fire. And while I don't think it's the end all be all, obviously it still matters. Like I want to live within my comfortable means. I want to be able to do the things I want to do. I want to be able to give back. I want to be able to help others. Like that is so important. But exactly what Aileen said is that I don't want it to come at the cost of my happiness or my sanity or my relationships, which at one point it definitely could have gone that direction had I stayed on the path I was on because it was like, well, that's the only thing that matters. And it's not at all. It matters, but it's not the only thing. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of friends who like you were started in like finance or consulting, like something very, um, you know, very well paid, but a lot of grind work and like not particularly like, 
you know, few people it's are really fulfilling. passionate about like, you know, no, spreadsheets. You're just making the rich richer and you're like moving money between it, rich hands. Basically, yes. And like, it's also just like theoretical money is like kind of the funniest part of it. It's like not actual, like, like you couldn't count the money. Like if you, whatever, that's a different, that's a different. <laughs> yes, I get, I get what yeah. you're saying. Um, Yeah, we have friends who like changed careers like around when you did like 27, 28, maybe actually younger, like, Mm -hmm. and it's just like, wasn't worth it to them to, to do it basically. Totally. And I also think finding work that fulfills you in a way, and I'm very much like not everyone needs to be an entrepreneur. I think we glorify entrepreneurship, our generation Mm -hmm. so much. Um, however, finding work, whether it's corporate world or not, that is fulfilling because I know for me, and I'm sure you guys feel this way when you're putting out content that is helping people or relatable and is authentic to you and you get the messages that you get. And I'm sure you guys get tons or like even podcast reviews of like, this helped me so much that to me is worth so much. And that to me is what keeps me going. Even when I get like the troll comments telling me to shut the fuck up, like I, for sure. they outweigh so much. And that's the, for sure. yeah, I totally to- agree. You have to feel some passion for what you do. Otherwise, and then with that will come some form of fulfillment, I think. Totally. (laughs) Because, yeah. And I also think that it also will financially benefit you because you'll be putting in work and not dreading it. You'll be interested in it. You'll want to be doing more. So I am like fascinated by Betches because you guys have built like a legit huge media company and you're young. Like, Thanks. I mean, <laughs> in all of our standards, you're young. You got my dream Forbes 30 under 30. I officially have never, will never get it because I will be over 30 next time it comes you out. Be 40. But, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Damn right. 40 under 40. Lit- every year it comes out. I'm like, fuck this, fuck this. This year finally was the year that I even tried to get it and I didn't get it. And I was like, you know what? I'm okay with it. But you guys got it. So can you walk us through like how, because you, you've co-founded Betches with another co-founder, Jordana, in college, correct? Yeah. That's when the idea yep. started. Yeah. Senior year. So walk us through how it started and then how the hell you've grown it into the, such a large company because I am just so impressed. Do you want to do it? Near oh, you. Near <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can do it. I can do it. You could do it. You do it. Okay. So the, we've been friends since we were kids. Um, we started in college, but we knew each other like when we were like in elementary school, middle school. Um, and we happened to, I mean, we lived together senior year because we were friends. Um, and then the, right. the Betches, which was originally just a blog called Betches Love This Site.com. Um, <laughs> it, we started it. It all started like, somewhere. What? It all starts yeah, somewhere. We started it while we were um, just like bored. We were we were at Cornell. It gets very cold in the winter. There's nothing to do. Um, we were just like smoking weed like one night, and um, yeah. we were like, "Oh, should we start like a Twitter? Like, should we start a, a, a I don't know. We were. It was the time when like Twitter was very big and blogs were very big, and mm-hmm. um, we were. Like, it was oh, should we just like start our own. But it was also a time when like bro culture was huge. Like, like be, yeah. being a bro. Two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven. Okay. Being a bro is like so glorified, and and we mm-hmm. were like these. We were in a sorority. We we were these like senior girls, but we felt like we related more to like bro culture than these like perfect sorority-esque types. And we we yeah. never, and we always like thought, we always thought we were funny. Like that was also around it. So <laughs> we were like, we can, there, there is, there's some, there's some 
There's a gap. The prior here. semester, we tried to write a script called The Apartment. I bet I could still find it, but like, I still think it was probably funny. Just yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, yeah we definitely thought we were hilarious. Um, <laughs> well, I think the, the world voted. <laughs> <laughs> the people yeah. have spoken, and everyone seems to find you hilarious so as well. So it's not. <laughs> No, whatever. Who cares? Well, anyway, so yes. Yeah, okay, so got so back in my 2011 mindset, actually. Like, she's taking me back right now. <laughs> okay, so you started So we this started blog. a blog. Yeah, it- we started a blog sort of be- because we felt like there's really, there's no representation of women in a way that isn't perfect. And and maybe we didn't have that. We, we didn't have that definition at the time. Like, we just thought we were being funny. Let's talk about people that we know. But we were entirely anonymous. Because what we were writing was like a complete satire. We were making fun of ourselves. It was like push the boundary content. And um, we also wanted jobs. Like we wanted jobs. Legit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I wanted to be like a fucking surgeon. Like that was my path of life. Um, (laughs) And and what we didn't realize what we were doing, because the the blog went pretty viral at the time, like on Facebook, um, because at the time Facebook was the site everything, <laughs> and the Facebook. And it was like the timeline was it lent lent or the four, what is it called? The uh, algorithm, the algorithm like lent itself to like virality. Um, and so we didn't realize that we were sort of describing this like millennial female culture. And we thought we were just talking about us and our friends really, but we were really mm-hmm. describing like the culture as a whole. And what we were doing was just creating like super relatable content. And we were doing it in this really funny, exaggerated, satirical voice that that people felt like they could step in the shoes of like, that's me, that's my friend who's writing this, that kind of thing. And it went like right. kind of crazy. And yeah, I mean... Should we go? You want to go? It's been ten years almost, which we want. Yeah, holy shit! Yes. Ten year anniversary is in February. How long twenty eleven ago was like. I'm like, oh, I just graduated college. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm like, no, yeah, I didn't. Your to be deg- when I'm thirty. Our degrees like fucking expired, <laughs> by the way. Like, if you wanted to go to any type of like schooling after, you have to like get a post back. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's so. Really? Upsetting. I still claim like student discount at stores. They're like, are you a college student? I'm like, yeah, I am, yeah. girlfriend. You better believe it. Add the discount. <laughs> Look like I'm five. I'll take Pregnant advantage. and in college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I just stop when I start showing, but whatever. No, you so, should just be like, excuse like what? College students can't, can't conceive? <laughs> Very true. Very true. So when you guys graduated, did you start work in the corporate world or did you like do this so, full time? I mean, we dabbled. I was a headhunter for six weeks. Um <laughs> I hate it. But what we were focusing on, what we were focusing on was a book proposal. So we like happened, we some situation happened where we were like, okay, we should get an agent, like, you know, these college kids, like time to get an agent. And (laughs) um that agent basically gave us the advice. They're like, if you want to write a book proposal, you should do it. But at the same time, you need to be putting out consistent content. So you need to, so, and the Mm -hmm. book is so that you can like, um, protect your IP. And we're like, Ooh, fancy words. And, (laughs) um, but you should also be creating like consistent content. So there's something that people can come back to. We're like, okay. Right. And that's where like this blog, like continued to come out because at the time in college, we were just like writing. When the blog became a website. Yes. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. True. And then well, also like that Instagram came out, um, like late 2010, early 2011. And 
we got the Betches Instagram handle in 2011, like weeks after graduating. We were like driving around in our neighborhood, just like fucking around. Um, no, we were at lunch, Sammy. No, then we went to lunch after and it was dinner that we went to. It was a sunset Ooh. dinner, correct? <laughs> How romantic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So we... <laughs> So we got the batch of Instagram and we just like sat on it because like we didn't know what to do with it. We were sort of disappointed that we couldn't get Betches Love This, but lo and behold, that turned out to for the best. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we we basically had this Instagram handle, but then like people didn't really start using Instagram consistently until like no. 2013, 2014. So well, yeah. we didn't know what Instagram was in college. We used it like I remember being a junior living in my sorority house and there was this new app, Instagram, and we would like use the filters to like go all the way to the right. And we thought it was like editing app. If I go back on my personal account, it's like photos of like the same 10, the same photo, like 10 different times because I had no idea there was a social app. Right. It's also, it was like, here's my candle. Like, (laughs) no, my first one is the peppermint Hershey kisses, you know, like the the candy cane Hershey kisses. The best. But like, I don't know why I felt the need to filter. My first one was um, Sammy and I were driving around trying to stalk Lena Dunham because we heard she was filming somewhere. (laughs) And I saw it was in Brooklyn. All stories start with us driving. All stories start with us coasting around neighborhoods with like hot boxing. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah. So my picture was like of this like weird graffiti in Brooklyn of Bruce Willis holding a pizza. But that was mine. But wait, we didn't say that we like actually wrote a book. We sold a book. Yes. (laughs) At the time. Wait, I didn't know that. Yeah. We've had three books since then. um, New York Times bestsellers. And we fucking high rollers. High rollers. Yeah. I mean, it was, and, and also the books like definitely change with time. Like the first one is so, so satirical and exaggerated. And now it's as, as your following gets bigger, you have to be a little bit less niche. It's just the right reality. Also, like, also, I think that the, I mean, obviously the culture changed, like everything became much more like PC. We also, I think as, people became much more like sensitive. Like it, it really was like a, a joke early on in the, um, in the, like in the website to be insensitive. That was like one of the posts. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, we as people have like obviously matured and like, you know, are more, I mean, that's dangerous to be honest. If I had created content that was going to exist for the rest of my life during that time period, like right out of college, I would be having nightmares every single night that someone was going to get their hands on. I mean, well, I have to tell you, <laughs> I have to tell you that um, our conversation when you came on Diet Starts Tomorrow about like you talking about being a recovering bitch has changed oh, yeah. like my my life and like, not not my life. It oh my God, But it me. did change like the way I saw like some of my actions and my current and like the way mm-hmm. I act now. And it, I think about like, we couldn't have started Betches if like, I didn't have that like, time personally. Well, totally. So yeah, yeah, I agree. It we all we all went through the phase. But, yeah, um, but I think over time, I mean, we've grown the company. Like we've grown as people, and with that, we've grown the company into like so much more than that. And at this point, like so what we much. really what we really are trying to do for the audience is create like communities of people who share like an interest mm-hmm. or share just like a passion or whatever it is. And we want to create a place where people can really like sort of embrace themselves and you know ju- you know be connected with people and us as, you know, founders and, and just 
as betches, you know, your fellow betches. Absolutely. Connect with people who are like you and, you know, see the world how you do and and feel like comfortable enough to kind of just talk about it unfiltered and honestly. Mm-hmm. Which I love, of course. And so I have so many things that could connect right off of this, but I'm going to go this route just quickly. So you guys have a few podcasts and you two specifically host Diet Starts Tomorrow, which Sammy, you just mentioned, I was a guest on, which your community, let me just tell you, after that episode and then you guys posted one of my things in feed about like the filtering, I got so many followers who DM'd me being like, I came from Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm so happy to be here. I was like, welcome, you wonderful humans. So you've built an incredible community. I will say that. But I'm also, so today is January 1st, not as we're recording, but upon release date, I am very fuck this new year, new you mentality. Like, I don't know why, A, we need like all of a sudden January 1 to become new people and B, like, why do I have to become a new person? What if I actually like who I am? Like I continuously evolve, hopefully. So I don't need to like start over and claim some new shit I have to do. See, I think it's just marketing and media telling us that we need to buy all these products that we don't actually need. So you guys are nodding along. So I know you agree with this, but what is this year bringing for you guys? Ooh. Do you want to well, go first? Well, I, before I answer your question, um, so yes. every it's it's you can definitely see the shift though. Like we're nodding along, but like two years ago when we started our podcast, like I would not say that that was the mentality we had at all. Totally. And that was the other segment that I wanted to dive into the growth. Yeah. So yeah, we can talk about that after, but, um, Mm -hmm. so every year, so we, we did our resolutions like year one, right. Then year two, we decided to on air, air those resolutions on like January. And then like actually say like, what the fuck did we do this? Like, is it a joke? (laughs) Um, and horrible. It was brutal, but it's funny. Like it's hysterical. (laughs) Totally. And then, and it's relatable. Like, yeah, I mean, like, what the hell is a resolution? So I remember like going into and then and then setting them for the following year. So we've done like 2020, 2020's resolution. So this year we're so when this comes out, guys, you should listen to our new resolutions ep- or quote unquote resolutions episode. Because definitely we're I, I know we're not going into this year with real resolutions because resolutions are bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's a marketing tactic. I mean, a year is definitely like, you know, the sun. We go around the sun one time. So it's not right. that. It's, it's a not thing. Random. It's not like made up. But you could say like you go around the sun February 17th from any 365 days. Right. Like, it doesn't all, like, like Rosh Hashanah is a different like a celebration. Time. Agreed, agreed, right. agreed. But we're we it's 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 arbitrary like Right. But it's not that arbitrary. Well, but I anyway. think it sort of capitalizes right. thing, on the human but, instinct. But it's been capitalized on the it state. I think it capitalizes on the human instinct to like almost like let ourselves go and then be like, I'm going to like, like we're trying to simulate our own motivation, like that motivation and inspiration that you get, like at the beginning of a project, like we're trying to create it for ourselves, but then every year Mm -hmm. it just like, ultimately it's, it's used as a marketing tactic. It's bullshit. And so, and I think for this year, I think we're, we've both decided we haven't recorded our episode yet when we're recording this, but we know what we're going to do is that I think we're going into next year with like more intentions. Like I don't want to go this year. I'm not going to go into wanting to like change my body in any way, like physically, like I'm not going to be like, Oh, I'm going to get stronger. AKA like I want to lose weight or like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like I'm not going to do any of that. That. Totally. But I think there's definitely there. It's more of an intention setting and more of like, a, how do I want to feel at the end of this year? Maybe, maybe definitely. some vision, 
vision boarding type of. Oh, I have a yeah, vision board. That, Did it work? A few of them have come true. Oh. So, um, a few did, not all, not Dax, but I was like very, not Dax. He's obviously on yeah. that. Um, but a few things did, but I was a little heavy handed in what I was putting on there. So if everything had come true, like I would good to please, like, guys. I'd be like stars. living in a mansion. Yeah. But like, but again, who's to say that vision isn't still manifesting, you know? Right. Oh, you know, I it's think not it's still a year. Out there. Like it's an arbitrary. Because 2020 ends doesn't right. mean that they're over. I'm just going to add to it. It's not like one thing. And Honestly, what I do, and I think that you can use January 1 as like a time to reflect kind of what you're saying. Like you can say, okay, this year's over. Like how was this year? And you know, what do I want 2021 to bring? And especially with 2020, I think we're all ready to put it behind us. Mm. However, what I've done that I find really interesting, and this is a more recent thing for me, I definitely had years where I like wrote down my like goals and they were so like fitness and food fucking oriented. I want to barf when I look at it but I started writing myself letters. And so I would write myself a letter being like 20, like 2019 Cami writing to 2020 Cami for last year, for example. And I'll open the letter and I'll read it. And it's really interesting. And kind of the letter says like, this is how the year went. Like, this is what I'm reflecting on. This is what I hope this year brings you. This is how I hope you feel right now. And I read it and I'm like, either, wow, this happened or this didn't happen, or I'm in a better place than I was, or whatever. And then I write one for the next year. Try that. That like, it's really interesting. Although I get embarrassed to read anything that like I wrote ever in the past. So I try to destroy all the evidence of anything. <laughs> oh my God. No, I read all my old How journals do you feel doing all the that? time. Oh, I love it. Like, what do you like about it? Because I like write to myself in the third person when I journal, which I thought was normal. And everyone says is a little like, weird, what do you mean? Whatever. Do, do an example. I'm like, Cam, you're feeling this way right now. Like, I hope you're doing That's a second person. I don't know. (laughs) Or or yeah. Okay, fine. You're right. But you're, but but you're, um, okay, but you don't, so you feel good reading those back? Yeah, because for the most part, like specifically, I read the journal that I had when I was on disability after my accident. And that's when I was like, you should quit your job. You should do this. Like encouraging my future self to do it. And when I read that back, I'm like, damn, bitch, you did it. I actually think I write in your way too. Let me just check. I have it. I think it's kind (laughs) of normal. Okay. So I think, no, I was just going to say, I think like though for this year specifically and for moving forward, I feel like I I personally like want to make sort of an, it's not like here are my resolutions and they all have to be like image specific. You know, it's like about diet and exercise. Again, I think it's just about like, what do I want for my life? And like totally vision board, not making a physical board. Like maybe one day I might, but (laughs) now that Chrissy Teigen's doing it, um, (laughs) maybe like making sort of an outline of like what I want, because I think at, at the end of the day, it is kind of simple, like just putting pen to paper and like, writing out what you want for yourself is, is in intention setting. And it's something that you can go back to and say, like, it, it sort of reflects your values. Like it, it's, it's a way that and yeah. it's a way to sort of live by those values, by those, by those, by that direction that you're setting for yourself. And it's, and it's a way to like kind of suss out potential opportunities. Does this align with what I want? If it totally. doesn't, is this something I might want? You know, it's like s- sort of like a, an outline or a way to focus. Absolutely. I totally agree. Something I did recently was sort of write out like an outline of the next, like a five-year plan. Like I remember I have this distinct oh God, memory of me like, what did you say? <laughs> it stresses no, me it's out not because really, I'm like, I, I don't even know what's I happening. I don't really do five years. I really did like 
two to three, but I, okay. Okay. I had this memory, a friend of mine when we were young, like once told me about like the concept of a five-year plan and I must've been like 19 and probably thought I was like, how do you know? Like, how do you, how do you know? I'm like, and I kind of have spent like time over the years thinking about like, it's kind of hit me. Like what is a five-year, like it's, I've thought about it since. And then this year, like was kind of around Thanksgiving. I was like journaling a lot more and I was able to actually think like, oh, like this year I want like these things to happen. Next year I want like these things to happen. The next year, like hopefully this would happen. And I was like, oh, like I actually, I'm doing it. This is how you do it. I did that when I first quit and I did it almost like month by month where I was like, I would love to get this by this month and like by this month feel comfortable with this and by this month feel comfortable with that. And I do think that it it definitely helps. And especially when bigger things are looming, not that like all these big things are looming, but you know, as you just got married, like your life changes and there are now big things in the potential future. So I think it can be very helpful. And I think for me, similar to writing the letters and, you know, we've kind of reflected on how we've changed over the years. I almost feel like I now have this public and semi-permanent, I guess, journal that is Freckled Foodie and Friends. Because when I reflect and listen back to all the episodes, which I like really hate doing, um, but just like the amount of growth that I've experienced. And I know we talked about this when I was on your show and Sammy, you mentioned it of like the recovering bitch. And obviously Freckle Foodie Friends started when I was beginning that like recovery phase. It's not while I was in my prime bitch phase, but I do think that it's so interesting to watch the growth over time. And I think you guys as a listener, it's very obvious your growth based on Diet Starts Tomorrow episodes from when it started to where it is now. And I know you guys have mentioned it. So can you talk a little bit about how that experience has been like mindset changing and then also doing it in such a public way? Okay. Yeah. I mean, we started this because like, you know, we've been friends like our whole lives and there's always been like an element of like weight loss in our friendship. Like I can't explain Like we've always talked Mm -hmm. about like what diet we're going to do. Like we vent about our, like, I feel fat, like, you know, talk about all the workouts we're going to like start like, you know, that's, that's always been like something that we can relate on that we both sort of like are not really that comfortable with our bodies naturally. And we both gain weight easily and we both like love food and sort of indulging. So like, I think that we have like sort of like, we've always sort of shared that like Pete, that pain and that like struggle as sort of like the central, like personal struggle of our lives. So we started, when we started Diet Start Tomorrow, we were fully like, in the like, maybe we'll one day get to like being permanently skinny. Like this is the journey to us getting right. permanently skinny. Like that was essentially, I think what we thought we were going to achieve with the podcast. Um, no, we thought that. No, we, we definitely. Aileen's like yes and no. <laughs> we, think we, we didn't. I think. I think we thought that in our <laughs> minds, but not necessarily the podcast was going to oh. get us there. No, we didn't think the podcast would get us there, but we did think like once we like work out all our shit, like we'll be able to just like to like diet or not like diet, but like eat clean in a way that is sustainable mm-hmm. and can keep us slim. Like I think that we really believed that that was like a place that we could like potentially get to, but what. 
And also, can I just say like a place that you would want to be in? Because I think that that plays a huge role also where like you could get there. I'm not saying (laughs) you can't. Well, okay, whatever. But it's more like, do you want to? Do you want to be living this restrictive life? No. Like I think that's one of the reasons why you say you can't get there is because maybe you've tried and you realize that like there's more important shit in life. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the, I actually think kind of for both of us, like our weddings were, and the wedding diets were pivotal in mm-hmm. like making us realize that like there's more to to this. Totally. And I also think partly, I, I don't want to say it was only the wedding diets. I also think a lot of what like happened in the world in the past year, COVID, yep. BLM, like I think all of that sort of brought to light like the ways in which like these values to be thin and slender are like not actually good values and they don't bring you like necessarily fulfillment or happiness or success as we talked about in the beginning. Right. And they also are deep rooted in racism yes. if you like go back. So I think that that also has come to light a little bit more and made people wake up. But, a bit. Yeah. I think that that for, for me, I think that piece, like seeing the tie in between like the patriarchy and like white supremacy yeah. and fat phobia, like that gave me like mm-hmm. an additional value check of like, okay, wait, it's not just that it's harming me. Like it's rooted in very harmful Right. Part of a harmful system. Why do I want to be a part of this? And also specifically when it's geared towards only women, mostly only women. Totally. You know, that there's a reason for that. (laughs) Although if you want to talk to Jared Freed, we could talk about that too. But, um, but yeah, so I think that what, what ultimately like the podcast has evolved to is like more of a journey of us accepting ourselves and Definitely. accepting that like we're not just going to like get to a certain weight and that's it and whether that's a high weight or a low weight like whatever for ourselves like whatever that is but that it's become so much more it's become like mental health community friendship um food body image like and there's just so much you we realize how much more it is than calories in calories out which is i think where we kind of started and i also just to add that like the it's be- from the beginning, it was also like, what's the next diet that we should try, right? Like we had all, every guest we mm-hmm. had that gave us a new diet. I then did it the next <laughs> week. Um, like, no, n- I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. Remember either. when you were going to do the... Which like, I will say... Laundry one? I did it. Right, I know. <laughs> I went vegan. As like a listener in the beginning, some of the episodes I was like, this is stressing me out almost because I don't want to diet, but like these people are so convincing. And then I'm like, well, fuck, do I have to do this? Exactly. And so as a listener, your growth has also been incredible, I think, in encouraging your community to step away from that mentality. For sure. And thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Um, We, yeah, so I think, so that was that in the beginning, but now it's not just like accepting our bodies. I think we've come to the realization. And like Sammy said, for me, it came from post-wedding. And just, I, I, it was, it was one of those things where I, I, I lost a lot of weight over a long period of time. And I thought I was doing it in such like a sustainable way. And yet mm-hmm. I gained it back. And I, and right. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't do this shit anymore. I, I did it right. And I'm still not, there was no crash. Like I did it right over a year and I still couldn't keep it off. So there's something wrong here. But then the second part of that is that not just denouncing diet, culture or it's really learning how to heal from it because I've learned Mm -hmm. also personally that it is a whatever happened I don't know it's a trauma and it stems from some or a long 
form of trauma, whether that's like a way that you're treated or as a kid or just little tiny things, obviously not as bad as other types of traumas, but little tiny moments of time that you remember that changed your way of thinking and thinking that you're not good enough at the way that you are and that food is going to be taken away from you for some reason and that there that needs and that to me is the point that we or I need to heal so it's not just like learning to accept myself right. it's really it's like a journey of like <laughs> healing through therapy and yeah and realizing like it's not our fault either that we are this way as as most marketers might tell us <laughs> so I totally. Another thing I do want to like add to that is that like I think that we thought that there would be like an end point. Like we'll get there. Like and it'll be sustainable and like there will be like we will have solved the problem. Like but really and I noticed this kind of like changing my and change like kind of healing my relationship with my mother over years and then seeing like our similarities and like what she goes through and like I just she is this person. She is this path on checked essentially. She is like, just do what we were doing for another, you know, double the time. And that's how you end up. And I just saw, I'm like, okay, I don't want to be like that when I'm her age, yo-yo dieting my whole life. Never like, never just content, like always have these like weird rules around food, like weird things that she does. I'm like, I can't, I don't want to do that. Like I see that that's where it goes and like I can stop or I can, I can try to stop or I can like do that. And I don't think it's great. Totally. And I also think what you said, like, I don't know if we ever do hit a point where all of a sudden we're done with the work. I think it's a continuous ever existing and evolving relationship and work on yourself. And I think that we've also on the flip side been sold this mentality of like one day you're just going to look in the mirror and love everything you see. And I think that's bullshit. And I say that very clearly. Like, I think one day, hopefully, when you hear the critical voice, the happy and affirmation voice will take over instead of spiraling in the critical thoughts. But unfortunately, we are naturally critical people. And so you might still critique things. It'll just be a little or a lot more, hopefully, less frequent. And the path to destruction won't exist. It'll just be, no, wait, hold on. We don't talk like that anymore. And personally, I think it's, you know, kind of similar touching on what Aileen was saying of like how deeply rooted diet culture is and how we aren't always aware of it. I felt like I was in the best place of my life with my body when we talked. I remember saying that. And then I got pregnant. And honestly, this is why I loved your guys' episode so much with Sarah from the Birds Papaya because I thought like, you know what? I've healed my relationship with food. I love my body. I'm incredible. And now this is life's way of being like, oh, bitch, let's really test you with the number one thing, getting pregnant and having your body seriously change and probably never go back to how it was. And diet-wise, I could only eat beige foods for three months. And you know, I think I'm okay and comfortable with food. And then I'm eating only carbs, can't even look at a vegetable. And the end of the day is rolling around. And I'm like, should I really be having pasta again? I'm like, bitch, you have to fucking eat. There's an embryo growing inside of you. That's what's important. Not like what the food or vegetable, like getting a vegetable, obviously you need nutrients for a baby. I'm not saying that I was taking vitamins, but just eating is the important thing. And like there, it was such a mind fuck and I'm struggling a bit right now. I talked about this in my stories yesterday, the day that I'm recording this, I felt like I was finally in a place where I wasn't 
consciously or subconsciously comparing my body to others. Oh, on I, social I, media. I saw you. I watched but these now, this morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now that I'm pregnant, all of a sudden, everyone everyone seems to be pregnant on my feed. And I'm sure that has to do with the algorithm, but also a lot of people got pregnant during COVID. And everyone posts these bump updates. And now there's this like tangible asset associated with a photo. And it's not like they're posting their weight. However, they're posting how many far, how many weeks they are. And so immediately my mind is like, wait, I look like that. And I'm 16 weeks, but they're six months. Am I too big? Or like, it's just so, it's such a mind fuck. And, you know, people were DMing me that they feel the opposite. If they're too small, they feel like, wait, should I be bigger? And so I think pregnancy is the ultimate test. And I'm not even far along. So I can only imagine what's about to come, but it really does bring up a lot of what's been so deeply rooted in us since young children when it comes to diet culture and fat phobia and this like fake ideal of what we're supposed to look like that we've been sold. Right. Like every woman's supposed to carry, like she doesn't eat, you can't even tell she's pregnant from the back and like from the, from the front. It's just like this beautiful little Ball. That shit doesn't fucking exist. I mean, it does for some women, but doesn't for well, some people. So yeah. it's like, my question is, do you think that you might feel like worse about your body because you internally are feeling sick? Like, do you think that that actually like plays any role? Yes, because I personally hated, pre- I mean, I, I won't come, I can't comfortably say that I love pregnancy yet. I'm hoping to get there one day. Um, but during the first trimester, I almost like resented it. And I had a really hard time. We're not over the mushrooms yet. Oh yeah, exactly. I was also just incredibly depressed about like how isolated I felt and how awful I felt and how not everyone felt this way. And, you know, it was just so different than what I had expected. And I struggle when that happens. Um, and because I felt like such shit, I was just like, Like I hate the way everything. I hate everything right now. I as I start to feel better, I'm comfortable. Honestly, like I love the way my body looks. It's more just them when I compare it, which is my own shit, and I need to work on that. Um, But I think that they are intertwined. Do you think that it's like beneficial that women don't speak about their pregnancies until like a certain point? Because like you're saying, you're so isolated. I know other people who have said that. It's like why? Okay, like everyone could just like be not isolated if we talked about it. And then you could talk about how the experience of miscarriages, which is like, the whole, that's the whole right. thing. Yeah. It's like that, the, it like it, the superstition becomes so much more important than like suffering, I'm everyone, I don't care. suffering alone. <laughs> so I told everyone in my life, yeah. my family, I told the day after I got a positive pregnancy test. So I was four weeks. I told all of my closest friends by seven or six weeks. It was just when I was going to see them in person next. Um, so I told everyone in my personal life, I didn't feel comfortable sharing with freckled foodie that early, mainly because if I had miscarried, I would have shared that. But I was more concerned of what would potentially happen if I had chosen. I don't know if this would have ever happened, but if I had chosen to end the pregnancy due to some type of medical thing that we found out. So, and I don't know if I would have done that, but still just, I would have wanted to deal with that personally. And so for me, it was way less of like the concern of what if I miscarry and I don't want to jinx it, but it was more like if something does happen and we have to terminate the pregnancy, God forbid, I want to do that personally on my own time and share after the fact and not have to deal with it in real time. Right. Well, it's yeah. like, but I did record everything live so that I could, sh- I shared it when I announced my pregnancy. I have this first trimester vlog 
on my YouTube and it's videos every single week while it's happening. And I'm like, fuck this. I feel awful. Like it's very real time. And I think I went into it being like, this is going to be so fun. I'm going to share what I'm feeling every week. And then it's like so depressing. (laughs) But I think that was helpful in a way. And that was my version of like, I'll share real time, but it'll almost be on my own terms to protect my privacy. Less like, I'm scared about jinxing. You know, I understand like not wanting to share it. Sorry, I just, I'll say it really quick. I understand not wanting to share about the share with the whole internet, but most people only have their close friends that they're telling. They're not announced like right. So I don't know why people aren't doing. Yeah. Personally, I could not have survived without telling. I think like it's friends. a circulation of shame that is attached <laughs> to mm-hmm. having to lose it. It's I think probably it's really it is really hard to have to share if you lose a pregnancy. But Absolutely. is it harder than having to suffer alone, you know, or I with your partner? Right. I don't think so. I don't think it's worth it. No. And that was why I wanted exactly. to share because God forbid, if I did miscarry, I would want those people there to support me. For I sure. wouldn't want to be alone. And for the people um, who okay, I know have you guys their own have... miscarriages, like that it's totally. like, it's not, it's not embarrassing. Like it's not your fault. Yeah. No, it happens. I, I think it, I fault. just want to make one point. I think it's like so interesting yes. from your perspective that like you, cause you didn't, you didn't really plan on getting pregnant and you were you and you were right. saying that you had this like you were had your ideal body right before it happened you're like oh shit now I'm being thrown this this like wrench <laughs> in my world yeah. um for for me it's like i've always felt like i've been going to therapy for the sole reason for a long time so that i don't fuck up my future kids like everything i've been doing <laughs> is so that i can Same. like so that i don't bring that into motherhood, future motherhood. I don't think I'm pregnant right now. It's honestly one of the reasons I'm so happy I'm having a boy. <laughs> oh, congrats. Because yeah. I just couldn't yeah, deal. Yeah, no, that's so yeah, scary. I, I couldn't deal. I agree. I agree. Yet with a girl and like just everything that comes with it. And when I found out we were having a boy, I was so relieved because I'm like, I can't fucking dress another female. I barely even know how to dress myself. Like how many right. boys are easier? But an outfit. <laughs> I um, easier to be a but boy. But I totally agree. But yeah, so so I was just saying that I think that like all this now, this intuitive eating stuff, I'm also trying to do so that when, if and when, God willing, I am pregnant one day, like I have the tools to get through those nine months because I like after speaking to my um, intuitive eating therapist, she's like people who don't, who have dieted their whole lives like aggressively have really difficult, sometimes have really difficult pregnancies because they find it like, oh, you could just eat whatever you want. And it's like this sort of free for all. And then it's so much worse afterwards. So much worse. Right. And it happens also, a couple times. So yeah. If you have so hungry, babies. like that's right. right. I'm so hungry. I'm eating all the time. And like, I'm not eating, I feel totally comfortable with what I'm eating. But for, if I had had a restrictive mindset going into this, that would be really hard of like, wait, should I be eating? I don't, and when there's something so important that you're eating for, like you have right. to eat. It, it and goes lots of women go their whole pregnancy like that. Right. Restricted. Exactly. Know? That's what I'm saying. Like it's so, it's heartbreaking, but I'm very grateful that I had put in the work with, I mean, we had planned for this kind of timeline, but the pregnancy was a surprise, but I'm happy that I had put in the work and was in that place to now deal with this because even though I am struggling in certain aspects, like I can only imagine what it would have been like, like it would not have been okay. God forbid had it happened two years ago. Um, Speaking of food, and I know you guys have a lot to do because you run this like really fucking cool company. Um, What are the three ways to your heart through food? This is fun. Um, so, so like it can be very specific or very generic. Um, 
Sammy, you go first. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. One. Sammy's so good. Take me out to a really nice dinner and sit with me while we talk for hours. Okay. That's number one. <laughs> number two. Order in a pizza and a cake and an ice cream. And like, we just eat it. And number three. Where's your favorite pizza from New York? Ooh, that's really hard. Mm. Shit. Okay. It's in Flushing. It's called a Moray pizza. Okay. Mine is either Joe's or Scar's. (laughs) Okay. And (laughs) three is cook me. Okay. Three is just like (laughs) when Avi makes me lunch and it's like an actual nutritious lunch with like balanced protein, carbs, and vegetables. And it's something that like I would be too lazy to make myself. And just like he always does a better job. Like he makes it like I think it's be- it's not the food. I think it's because he's taking care of you and you he's love Okay, so that's it. how yeah. you got to my heart. Those are yeah. the three ways. <laughs> and he has your heart. I love that. Um, I, minor, I totally agree with you. Going out to eat, but more specifically, yeah, talking for a while. Martinis, extremely important oh, in yes. this food um, journey. And also the food needs to be like, like, different types of appetizers. Like I need the appetizer. I don't care about anything. And sharing everything. Yeah. Like little, like delicious, like maybe Asian yeah, yeah, yeah. inspired infused, that type of appetizer. Like or a multiple pasta. Like a uh, Mamoya as an example. <laughs> oh, fuck me up that crispy tuna. Uh, yeah. Or, 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 or the truffle, the, the truffle tuna, like tortilla. 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 <laughs> so I actually don't like truffle, which is shocking to everyone. No, it's like fake. Yeah, but. no, I get that. The eggplant is so good there too. Oh, oh, anyway, so oh my god. Um, my second way yes. is truly like I, some form of delicious dessert that's probably ice cream. That maybe an ice cream cake, like Carvel. Mm. And yeah, or yeah. And number three, can I just double down on one? Like, <laughs> Duh. that's really it. Different <laughs> restaurant. Those are those are the two. Yeah, maybe a different restaurant, but those are really the two. Okay, so basically, post COVID, we need to go for martinis and a bunch of shared apps. You can bring your and baby, take it somewhere yeah. for ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's ter- so scary. I'll make to me. I'll like, make a baby martini. Made it seem. So I will say real. this like so earnestly, but like I've started to feel in COVID like more connected to the like other people in the like community industry, in the, like the Instagram yeah. like wellness people, and like you are totally one who I'm like we. We would be friends with her oh for real. God. Like I could see that. Thank you guys. So we definitely so much. have to like make it happen post. We'll be doing quarantine. something. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Thank you so much for coming on here, you guys. For everyone who's listening, where is the best place for them to follow your journey and everything? Okay. So good at doing. <laughs> so yes. Yeah, so if you want to follow us personally, it's pretty simple. It's at Aileen A L E E N and at Sammy S M I S A M I not M M Y. How did you guys get those handles? Persistence. <laughs> Mine was checked day after day. If when Sammy, it was like a bot or not a bot, just like a it was an inactive account. So I would check like every few weeks, days. Mine, I, I went up and down. Sometimes I checked every day. <laughs> I finally went. It was That's gone, it and I emailed the Instagram people. I was like, they're gone. Mine. <laughs> Mine was random. I was thinking about like, what am I like? Once I'm getting married, am I going to change my name to Aileen Drex? Like, what if I just? What if there's at Aileen and I looked it up and it wasn't there? And I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to take that. That's amazing. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so follow us there. Now that we've spelled it out for you, <laughs> the backstory of how we got those handles. Um. Please listen to our podcast. Diet starts tomorrow. Yes. It's not really. It's not about dieting. So don't worry about that. It's really everything we just talked about. So you can listen to that anywhere. Podcasts are 
listened sold. to. <laughs> they're not sold. They're free. Sold, available. available. So Spotify, iTunes as the primary ones. And obviously go to Betches.com at Betches. Um, we just, since we're talking about motherhood, we just launched Betches Moms earlier this oh, yeah. year. Please follow that. It's great fucking content for mothers. It's, it's so great. good. I, honestly, thank you. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> no, it really is. I'm going to DM them my what the fuck is happening to my yeah, body. Yeah, for sure. I feel like they yeah. like it. And I made a TikTok one minute version. So, you know, you two can help me get that on the feed. I mean, yeah. Like it really, it's pretty, you know, the, the boob vein thing. Didn't know that. Guys, Wait, I have to watch post recording. I'll show you if you want. Um, and yeah, so <laughs> and yeah, that's that's really how you, and follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow. And that's it. Of course. All of that will be in the show notes, you guys. I swear it'll be easy for you. Thank you so much for joining us and for coming on here. You guys are amazing. And happy new year, everyone. Let's hope that 2021 brings us much more incredible shit than 2020. Happy New, new year. year. Thank you. Hi guys. Is it weird to say I miss you? I know it like hasn't been long at all, but this I'm recording this right now, Wednesday, so the day before New Year's Eve, and I'm in the midst of my like holiday vacation week. Every year I take off the week between Christmas and New Year's just to fully disconnect from work, but also so- social media. So I don't even consume social media, and it is such a freaking refreshing restart for me. And honestly, it's not like a, oh, I'm starting the year this way. It's really just like this week is slow in general. So it allows me to be able to take it off. And my family's usually around. Joe is sometimes taking off work. So it just like happens to be a great time to take vacation. Voice crack, Jesus Christ. Um, And also just, you know, I talked about this in my Instagram stories, but I used to have these mandated two workers at my old job, which is like you have to be off the desk for 10 days straight. The most glorious thing in the world the best part of sales and trading. And when I started working for myself, I obviously go on trips and I do stuff, but at the same time, I'm still connected in some way and I'm still answering emails or creating content or whatever. And there's very limited times where I take even a day fully off, let alone multiple. So I usually give myself this week and then a week over the summer at the beach and I fully disconnect. And can I just say how wonderful it is I'm not even saying this as someone whose job is like based in social media, but if you guys are like me and you spend a lot of your times on a lot of your time on apps like Instagram, TikTok, whatever it might be, taking days off is so motherfucking refreshing. Like delete the app from your phone. Your muscle memory will open it. If you don't, trust me, I've already clicked on the spot where the app was many of times without even noticing. It just makes me realize how much time I waste consuming. And I think that there's active and passive consuming of social media. And I think the active is where you're like purposely going to a creator or a friend's account to consume their content with like a positive attitude and you walk away feeling great. And then the passive is like the endless scroll on the toilet or in bed and all of a sudden you're on like your friends, cousins, ex-boyfriends, new wives, Instagram, and you're like, how the fuck did I get here? So for me, I'm realizing that there's just way more time in the day that doesn't need to be spent watching everyone's Instagram stories. I mean, I love the people I follow. Otherwise, I wouldn't follow them. But still, like, I don't need to constantly be up to date with what they're doing 24-7. So I don't know. Something to think about, you guys. Obviously, this episode is focused on the new year. Happy 2021. Praise whatever you believe in. Please, can this bring us 
some form of normalcy and return to what our lives were pre-2020 with a caveat. I will say 2020 has been obviously a really hard year, but I cannot, I don't feel comfortable really complaining given my, I don't know what the right word is, but privilege, I guess. I don't know. Like I have not been nearly as affected by COVID or what's happening in the world as many other people have been. So it's hard for me to sit here and complain about 2020. What I will say is that I feel like I've learned a lot in the sense of how I spend my time and what I spend my time doing and what consumes me and what my quote unquote normal life was and how certain parts of 2020 I've enjoyed and I want to take forward with me. Like I was such an obsessive planner pre this year. And really, I've talked about this in episodes before, but it was such a like anxiety, not coping mechanism because it didn't fix anything, but it was triggered by my anxiety because I thought it was the one thing I could control. And 2020 has taught me that you really can't control anything, especially plans. And all plans are really tentative. And you don't need to plan out every single fucking hour of every single day or weekend or whatever. And I kind of have enjoyed the like slow downtime and the not having 20 things in my plate at once and not constantly having things to do. And obviously I miss doing things, but I don't necessarily want to return to the way that I used to live in the sense of having every second of every day planned doing something. I hope that makes sense. So again, we talk about this all in the episode, but like New Year, same me. I don't fucking need to change who I am. I'm happy with who I am. Do I want to continue to grow and evolve? Obviously, I always do, but that's an everyday thing. That's not like, oh, it's a new year. I have to be a new person. I just don't believe in that mentality, and I absolutely fucking hate how media just like pushes it so hard because it's really all like a marketing scheme, but we know that, obviously. I do want to say, Obviously, I hope you all had a wonderful holiday, whether you are celebrating Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas, whatever it may be. I hope you had a wonderful time. Obviously, it was different. But again, like similar to what I just said about 2020, like this was so different for my family Christmas-wise. However, there are certain things that I really enjoyed and want to take forward with us. Like it was so much more laid back than normal, so much more laid back than normal. And, you know, as Joe and I talk about what we want our family traditions to be, the two of us, and obviously moving forward with a child, not that you need a child. I read this somewhere, and I I do hate how people say like, oh, we're starting a family. You don't need kids to have a family. You have a partner that's starting a family. Like that is a family. I consider Joe and I a family. Obviously, we'll be adding to the family with a child. But, you know, we have been talking a lot about what we want our traditions to look like as we get older as a family, the two of us and our child and potentially more kids. And I just want it to be a fun, relaxing time. Like all of this holiday stress, it's just so dumb to me. And it's something that my mom and I definitely disagree on when it comes to holidays. I'm like, it doesn't need to be this big experience hoopla. And I get that she enjoys certain things and I just enjoy doing them a different way. And, you know, it's her house and her traditions and that's fine. But I do think this year put a lot of that in perspective and maybe, fingers crossed, will continue to like hold on to parts of this year's Christmas moving forward. But, you know, we'll check back in next year. Obviously, it's not New Year's Eve yet, but you're listening to this on New Year's Day. I hope you're not too hungover. Obviously, I am not hungover. I 
have said already to my family that there's 0% chance I won't make it till midnight. I plan on cooking a very nice dinner for my parents and Lucy and then going off to bed at 10 o'clock and hoping everyone has a wonderful midnight and brings in this year with joy and happiness and all the good things. But I will be in bed bringing in the new year in my dreams, in my sleep, because if I do not sleep, I have raging fucking headaches. Um, This week, we did have our 20-week doctor anatomy scan or whatever, 20-week anatomy scan. I don't know why I threw the doctor word in there. So we did go into the city for Monday night, and then we had our appointment early Tuesday morning. It's just so insane that there is a human in my, in my not belly, uterus, whatever, but in me. Like, it blows my motherfucking mind. And the anatomy scan, for anyone who isn't familiar, because I sure as hell wasn't, basically they're checking for like, all of the organs and bones and limbs and everything. So it can take a very long time. Our baby is very active. So he actually cooperated. It didn't take too long, thank God. But they basically have to take like photos of every single aspect of his body. And then like the doctor reviews it. Everything was fine, but it was just so insane. Like they printed out this photo. I think I'm going to include it in my Sunday week recap of things that made me smile. Like of just his leg. And I'm like, there is a full leg. Like, it's just so insane to me. All the bones and the spine for some reason is what really gets me. I'm like, this baby has a full spine. I don't know. It was wild. And Joe wasn't able to come to the nuchal translucency scan, which is the other scan that happens in the first trimester at the hospital. And he was really upset. He missed it. So he was there for this one. And he was so excited because it it really is just like so much more in depth than the typical sonograms that we're getting at like our every other type of visit. Um, I don't know. It was really, really, really freaking cool. It was so amazing to be back in New York. I just was like walking around with a huge smile on my face because I missed the city so goddamn much. We got Lartuzzi takeout for dinner. I was the happiest person in the world. That mushroom appetizer dish, if you have not had it and you live in New York, please get it. If you've had it, you understand. It is one of the best dishes in Manhattan. I could eat I kid you not, 20 of them. So that was a nice mini just like trip the two of us for the night into the city just to be back in the apartment and do some things and then go to the doctor's appointment. Um, I do also obviously want to note that tomorrow the merch drops. I cannot fucking handle the response I have received from this community on merch. I'm still not over it. I This has been a labor of love, you guys a long, long, long project that we've been working on. And I have to say it would not have been possible without a specific team member, Nyla. She basically has taken the whole thing and run with it. I love her. Um, We were very focused on working with a small business because for me, like, yes, it could be very easy to do like the custom ink route and plaster like freckled foodie on a shirt and sell it. But like, who the fuck wants that? First of all, I'm sorry. Who's going to want a shirt that just has freckled foodie on it? I I wouldn't. I don't know why anyone else would. Also, I don't want to make merch with like custom ink. I I don't know. It just didn't vibe right with me. So we wanted to find a small business. I'm so pumped that we are working with Bloom Customs. She, Emily, has been amazing. And with that, we also wanted to obviously do a charitable kickback of this. And I wanted the merch to represent Freckle Foodie and like everything I believe in. And I didn't want this to be some like quick, okay, let's throw this merch out and move on. I wanted it to be thoughtful. So I'm using a bunch of slogans that I say to myself or to others. I, be- I guess they're kind of like mantras. Um, 
And there are three t-shirts, three sweatshirts, and two pairs of sweatpants, all with a separate mantra on them, all a separate color. And each mantra is aligned with a charitable organization that I think fits the mantra. And then 10% of the profits will be donated to that charity. So this is by no means like a great business plot for me. This isn't something I'm like financially gaining a lot of money from whatsoever. It's more just I wanted the opportunity to be able to make merch because people have asked for it. I think it would be a really fun thing to do. I wanted to give back to charities and I also wanted to provide an opportunity for small business and collaborate with them. So that being said, the merch is a limited availability for ordering. So you can only order from January 2nd to January 9th. After that, the merch will not be available. Every order is like, every piece is custom ordered. That's why I'm not ordering some like massive stock and then potentially being liable for having too much or potentially running out of stock. I didn't want to deal with that. Like I'm not a merchandiser at all. So that is the only time you're able to order. It is also because they are custom, no returns, exchanges, etc. It is final sale. So everything will be on the website, frecklefoodie.com slash merch. I will put it in the show notes. If you guys are interested, please check it out. I freaking love the pieces. I wear them already all the time, as is Lucy, as is my mom. Shout out to them for being amazing models and Lucy's boyfriend, Tyler. I love you. And I'm just really proud of it. And I hope you guys love it as much as we do. Also, Hannah on my team helped so much. So just everyone who has been involved in this process, thank you times a million because I would never have been able to do this without you guys. And I hope that everyone's walking around rocking some cool freckled foodie merch, to be honest. Other than that, I feel like that was a kind of long solo exit, but I don't think I have anything else. I hope you guys have a wonderful New Year's Day. Again, you are amazing just the way you are. Just because it's January 1st does not fucking mean you need to change a thing. You can evolve and grow every single day of the year. You don't need a new year to start doing something or to stop doing something. That's up to you. And don't fall into the advertising ploys that you will see all over social media. With that, I will let you go enjoy this new year. And thank you for listening. As always, let me know your thoughts on this episode. Rate, review, subscribe, screenshot, share in your stories, all the good shit. I love you guys. You guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. It really means the world to me. It means more to me than you could ever know. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please head over to wherever you consume your podcast and rate and or review the show. It not only helps the show's growth, but it really makes my day when I go through and read all of the reviews. If you aren't already, please follow along over on Instagram at Freckled Foodie for my way too active channel and at FF and Friends Pod for more information on the podcast. I hope you have a wonderful day and I can't wait to give you the next episode.